Your reasons for listening to this show, well, those are your own. But just keep in mind that the views, information, or opinions expressed on the Tuttle Daily Podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors. Yeah, it's called free speech, people. Nobody's forcing you to listen. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Uh, make sure you check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E.net. You're going to be able to find every single place that you can find me online. And also, guys, I'm not ignoring the podcast. I've just been dealing with a lot of st- stuff on my plate right now. But go to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Tuttle. I'm only like an hour aw- or 100 hours away from being monetized, people will be able to start tipping me whenever I'm in the YouTube channel doing my live streams. But I digress. I'm going to bring on my very good friend. I did his show yesterday, the weekly review podcast, uh, with the one and only Sirach. Sirach, how Hello, are Hello. What's up, man? Damn, man. You got YouTube channel. You got, you know, website. Like, oh, my God, man. You, you're, you got your hands in everything right now. Holy shit. Well, so, so, I listen. I um, I, I know that you look, we've talked off the air. We we right. talked off the air. This is this is something you are. I don't want people to think that this is like a hobby for Sirach. Sirach has big dreams. Sirach wants big dreams, doing, baby. Sirach wants to get on that heater. I don't even know if I'm using uh, the, the term correctly. <laughs> a heater, yeah, because I think it reference to football, the hot seat. Uh, that's a bad thing. I think that's when you're about to get fired. Okay. <laughs> okay, but, oh, man, I've been. Do, do you realize that I got fired by the most powerful woman in radio? I don't know if I've ever told you that. That's before. a compliment. You know, if you get fired, get fired by the best. Yeah, but see, she had like everything in her office was dark. Okay. What do you but mean dark? A, like gothic? Well, like like dark theme, like, you know, browns and like, you know, not not any. Kind of like the, the Devil Wears Prada, that lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. But she had this one bright white couch. Okay. That was the firing couch. <laughs> so you already knew once you come in, take a seat. If she like, asks mm, you, yeah. I'd rather yeah, if it. she if she tells you to sit on the white couch, oh, you know that you are fucked. Like, what did she fire you for? Well, you what did remember, she tell right? you that she fired you for? Well, okay. The first time that I got fired, I didn't get fired by her. Okay. I got fired by um Catherine Brown, who was our program director. Time out, the first time. Of, yeah, I, I worked. 4.1 on two separate occasions. Um, first time I got I got fired for payola plugola. What is that? Um, well, I, I had a brokered show. Okay. Brokered mm-hmm. shows are where you get an advertiser, they buy the time for you, and then you get to sell your own advertisement. You get to keep the money 
okay. in, inside of that choke. Okay. Okay. Now, now my sponsor, which was. So Orlando, that would have been like how you did when you were with Bubba, like the, 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 the buds and suds. Yes. Uh -huh. That's like getting yeah. paid for that separate from getting paid from him. Yeah, but in radio, they have the same play payola plugola. Like, you cannot take money under the table from somebody that's not a paid uh, sponsor with, you know, you can't take, like, you know, if your buddy came to you and said, hey, man, I got an event coming up. I just bought a car wash. You, you know, if I throw you a couple hundred bucks, you, you can you work me in a plug? Uh, yeah, because you're already representing. It's, it's, I, I get what you mean, though, because you're kind of yeah. already representing one uh, studio. Yeah, so I went to the Applebee's across the street from the radio station. <laughs> and you know how they have those dividers. So I was meeting with my sponsor, Orlando Dodge Chrysler Jeep, who was buying the time for my brokerage show, but he wanted to be on real radio, okay? Uh, this show was not on real radio. It was on 740 The Game, which was a sister station of real okay. radio. But he okay. wanted, that was an AM. He wanted to be on FM. And me and him were having a meeting and stuff. And little did I know, you know, like, how they have those dividers that they can bring up. Like if you got a big, big party, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Okay. So I didn't know my program director was on the other side of that glass and she <laughs> heard every single thing that I was talking about. And well, you weren't like I, bashing her, were you? No, no, no. But I was like cutting some deals. Like I was making promises. Like, I don't know if I could have show like initiative, you know, like, okay, this guy is, is a hustler. He's a hard worker. Like I'd probably give you promotion. Yeah, well, it, I got fired by her. <laughs> but then, though, get this, okay? Now, out of 22 years of radio broadcasting, I have never, ever, like, been late or missed a day. Like, I always come in, even if I'm sick, just right. to show them that I'm sick. Because radio people don't like sick people coming into the studio, okay? Um, I think the last time that I missed a day of work, Bubba actually sent me home because I was sick. Like they could tell that I was sick. Well, now, well, I'm saying, but like if it affects your if it affects your performance though, like shouldn't that be a concern? Like you well, don't want to be like on live. Well, I don't know if no, it's live but, or like pre-recorded, but like you don't want to be coughing and sneezing and shit. Okay, but you got to remember though, like Bubba, that that's his studio. Okay, right. When we worked at Real Radio 104.1, there were five shows that all had to use the same microphone. So, uh... so what I'm saying is. If somebody came in sick, use that microphone, then it's just going to spread. And then you're going to your your whole station is going to be down for the count. They can for a couple afford of days. to like have multiple. Like, I mean, I feel like that's a I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's such a like a, a small thing to 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 prevent, you know, like, hey, so and so sick. Maybe we should switch the mics or have people bring like their own mic. Anyways, so I had not missed a day of work now. Now, get this, though, OK? So the second time around that I that that I worked there, I didn't run the board. There was another guy that ran the board. See, OK, mm -hmm. this is this is how the studio this was a real talk studio. OK, now master control was in one room. OK, mm -hmm. and then you had the talk studio that was in another room, but you had a, a pane of glass that you could look in. And then there was a booth off to the right. OK, OK, that another person sat in. Now, I know how to run the board because I, I, I'm, I run a very tight board. Okay. Um, but the guy that ran the board for the morning show that I was on was late like four or five times where I had to pick up his slack. And guess what? Did I, did I snitch on him? Did I rat on him? Did I complain? No, when you say no. late, are we talking like, like a eight o'clock or like, no, 30 like eight o'clock late, eight o'clock show started at six. 
oh fuck that like he's fired like <laughs> i don't Guess care what? how nice you are like if it if it i gotta do your job and you're two hours late and i don't know did he give you like a heads up at least nope yeah you, you you're gone so I had luckily I had to run the board because nobody else on the show, none of none of the personalities knew how to run the board. So I had to fill in. So I had to run the board and answer phones at the same time. Like, shouldn't that be like a requirement before they like, you know, hire on okay. personalities? Like, hey, do you also just in case worst case scenario know how to run a, you know, like a soundboard? Um, yeah, that I mean, I even I everybody know how to run in a board. Tampa. Everybody in Tampa knows how to run their own board. Like, yeah. though, but the way the studio is set up, though, Sirock, like I said, you just can't. the hosting, the position, the host position is separate. All he has is the phone bank in front of him. He has the dump button and his microphone okay. and, a, and a couple of computers to be able to see stuff. We control all the commercials, sound effects, uh, whatever it may be, music. Right. So I, this is right after my divorce. You know, I had a radio promotion. I hate doing promotions when you uh, night promotions at club events whenever you got to get up and work the next morning. OK, OK. So they just have you out and about set up. Gosh, I see that at our bar sometimes. Every now okay, and then so, we'll have like uh, the local radio come in. So so the salesperson that it was his client mm -hmm. kept buying me drinks all night. Now, I'm not blaming it on him. But because I'm responsible for my own my own drinks and stuff, but I got really fucked up mm -hmm. and I, my phone starts ringing. The next thing I remember, my phone's ringing and it's like fucking 830 in the morning. I'm like, where are you at? I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Is this uh, how this feels? Is this, is this how this feels? Yep. Now, I thought like, you know what, dude, you. You've been working like at the time it was like 15 years of radio. You've never missed a day. You've never right. been late. I was doesn't like, matter, okay, bro. you're, you're going to be doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, it just, you, you could be that one time you just, okay. you know, like some, sh all this shit could just go wrong and you're late. And sounds like that lady's a bit, I don't want to say the B word. Okay. But nah. Sounds like that lady's a little, you, you know, don't want to say strict. she is because like, no, seriously, they put her on the magazine Radio Inc. What's her and, name? And uh, Linda Bird. B Y R D. Let me look her up real quick. And uh, and and it was titled "The Most Powerful Woman in Radio." Uh, business twenty fifteen. Oh damn! So she's like, she's like a Hillary Clinton B version. Yeah, like, like like she is like like almost running iHeartRadio. I feel like she would like me. I'm looking at photos of her, and she gives she, okay. just from her pictures gives me that like. She'd give me a second chance. Okay. Vibe, you know? Now, now I'm not saying this. Now, hear me out on this, okay? Hear me out for a second, okay? The guy that was late all the time, the one that did not get fired, mm -hmm. is a minority. Black, Spanish, what? Spanish, Puerto Rican. Okay. And the white guy misses one day. Do you think they were? No, I'm just I'm just saying where they were like, we got to make a point here. Yeah, right? but your position was is way more important than his. Like he can was, you could do you could do his job, but he can't do your job. OK, but but OK, but you do understand That's what I'm like, saying? Like, like it going was to school and it's like uh, comparing a student being late versus the teacher being late. It's, but it's, to it's, rock it's, to rock, though, man, people people fuck up and make like honest mistakes. Yeah, but she must like it must have been like a slew. Cause a lot of times, like people may not like like you, 
and you know don't want to see you succeed they just wait for the littlest like slip up like that you know and i don't that, and i'm it, not saying is it her call or does it like is it passed up through like you know I, well, some yeah, management? you know what though i i think it might have been some sponsors i i don't even know man that that that's the thing about it now mm-hmm. and 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 can and you also the two times now i'm not saying it because i've made up with this person but the same host the two times that i was fired left the morning show a segment early because he had something to do oh so so when i'm what i'm trying to say is like i mean i don't believe in coincidences like for me to get fired for you to get fired on like his dentist appointment yeah (laughs) no no like what's the odds of that no but i mean am i looking into things am i being paranoid or like you Uh, you understand what i'm saying maybe maybe a little paranoid you know but then again like did, has anyone else ever got fired for being late besides, you know, like in your position or no? Yeah, but they they had a lot more lead weight. They never nobody ever got fired on their first fuck up. Let me ask you this. How was your performance overall? Because like, that's kind of a big indicator. OK, it, um, all right. Here, I'll, I'll give you an example. OK, so from 2000 to 2010, I was like never really taken seriously. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so then I went and started working in Tampa. I was on Bubba's show. I was on 1025 The Bone mm-hmm. and they wanted me. Like they contacted me and they were, they, they offered, they came, they came at me with a number. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, it was, it was, it was $40,000 a year. Okay. And is that, is that good for, eh, I, I mean, mean, do you think radio, that's good for your, your talent level, I guess? I mean, forty thousand dollars I could comfortably uh, live on. Yeah, but with that being said, like, but you're not allowed to have like other side gigs. Okay, right? no, 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 no. Hear me out, though. I I turned down that first offer. Mm-hmm. They came back and said, "All right, we're going to give you the forty thousand, but this is the first time I ever had this in my radio career. I would get a ratings bonus." Okay. So, so ratings come out four times a year. Okay. Every quarter. If, yeah. So, so if we were number one, they scratched me a check for eight grand. Oh shit. So that, I mean, so, that's a hell of an incentive. If you're number one though. Okay. But even if we were number two, I got 4,000. And three is two, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. It goes down and, and go, down. Okay. But luckily there's not a lot of competition. I, I basically the whole time I got my eight grand. And you know what it? So I that's know for, what eight? What's eight times four? Thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. that's so. So that's so thirty-two. That, seventy-two that would grand. Seventy-two thousand. Yeah, for like before tax. Doing, yeah. Shit. I mean, that's a hell of a. That's. I mean, I would have took it. Yeah, and and I took it, but like, but but what I'm saying though, and I remember the first time. Is isn't it funny? Like, you know, eight grand to like a Elon Musk. That's like here. What? Uh, here, I don't know if you can hear that's this. It's like, oops, I think that's, I dropped something. No, no listen, <laughs> that's that's the change. Here, watch. That's the change I have in my little cup holder <laughs> in my car right now. That's what that it, is. That eight grand. He probably, he probably would just be like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> like, but. Like, 8,000. Like, what's a 1,000? <laughs> but to me and you, though, to get, a, to get a check for, like, eight grand, like, you know, it, you know what really, really sucks is when you get to see the taxes that they take yeah, out of that trust eight me, grand. Dude, I was doing when I was doing uh, mortgages as a loan officer, and we were getting straight commission. And you see those taxes; it's that's depressing. Like, I got like a twenty grand check, and 
after taxes, it came out to like maybe eleven or twelve. So so yeah, so so here, you want me to you want me to bum you out even more? <laughs> yeah. Yes, so please. I, so, please so make I, me so, depressed right now. <laughs> so well, trust me, I'm already depressed with everything going on in my life. But um, so I I I I get my last bonus check right before I get fired. Okay. Uh-huh. And this is right before I get divorced. Okay. Um, I ended up finding out some things. My wife went up to New Jersey for uh-huh. her sister's baby shower, and I just packed up my shit and left. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So let, let's time frame here. So 2014, yeah. 2014, 2014, you yeah. already got fired, right? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was still employed there. I was. Okay. So what happened first, the divorce or the firing? uh the what, i guess you say what did you see coming first uh the uh officially the divorce was after the firing okay. but i was out of the house before you the actual divorce yes uh-huh okay because i um i found out some stuff and i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk trash about her but we you know I'm sure i don't I can, know if like, i told- use my imagination you know text messages and some stuff you know that's the worst, um, isn't it? It's like, you know, and yeah. oh, and and what 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 is even a bigger kick in the balls is when you confront the person and they try they, to spin it like you, you know, you forced me, you know. Yeah, like, but that's that's a, a normal like uh defensive reaction. Well, I'm one so of my people like confronted or something like that. Oh, it's your fault. Like, how's it my fault? So get this, you know, being the nice guy and everything, you know, because you know, we're still married. Mm-hmm. I I put the check. For my bonus check, and wait, you put it where? I put it in the bank account, the uh, joint bank account. Yes, yeah. Oh, like an come idiot. on, Tuttle, you were blinded by love on that one. Hell no, no there, I there was no it there... and put it in my pocket like Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah, well, she um she bought a um <sighs> she bought one of those like first hybrid cars. Oh, it. the uh, Prius, the Toyota. Yeah, Prius. Yeah, she. Yeah, the that whole check went down for the down payment you on the car. Fucking kid. Did you, did you get that back? Like, nope. Divorce nope. wise, nope. I mean, how does that work? Like, obviously, I've never been married. I don't even know. Nope. You no, know, it's you, shared you, account. You get a shared, lawyer, or do you have a shared like attorney? I. It's, dude. It. Luckily, we really didn't have anything to really, really split up. Uh-huh. So it really, really didn't matter. But like, it was kind of like, it, trust me, it was a kick in the balls and well, after down. a kick in the balls to have that happen. And it's like, once you put it in that joint account, it's like both of y'all's, you know? So like, hell no, had, not after, not after what I you have ne- found out, I would have went I straight under- to the bank. Like, Hey, you know what? I want to make someone so not an authorized, that just does take them not out matter. Account. Does not matter in the state of Florida, divorces are like a like a no fault. Like, do you type okay? Deal. So, do you need like say if you have a joint account with someone and mm-hmm. you go to the bank and you say you want to take all the money out, do you have to have authorization from the other person? No, 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 you don't. Nope. Well, see, that's stupid. They should like it should be a certain amount that we're it's not like it's not like in every single movie, you know, like here, I'll give you an example. Well, see, you don't know movies, but like I, I you know, know like it, when it when it's a when it's a secured vault and they have like two keys. Uh-huh. And you have to like turn the keys at the same time, you know, because you can't do it by yourself. You have to have another person with you and you have to go, all right, you're going to turn the key <laughs> in three, two, one. No, it's not. It's not like that. You No, it's if your name's on it, you can just take the money. out. 
Yeah, but like if I'm a bank teller and you know you or her comes up and wants to take all the money out, like that's when you kind of make that eye contact, like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just I don't isn't know. that some bullshit though? Yeah, well, one, a bank usually wants to keep your money in there. They don't want you to take all your money out. And two, I mean, it's a joint account, but shit, man, you would think like someone has some type of ethical, you know, light bulb and say, wait a minute, you know, you guys have never taken this much out at one time. And, you know, so on and so forth. You get it. I I just thought of a topic. We're we're gonna take a quick break, but when I when when we come back, I'm I want to discuss this uh with you, okay? Okay. Listen, I, I know uh, this is not me against the Me Too movement. I know <laughs> women get sexually harassed. They, 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 they really do, okay? Women, women have it really, really tough, okay? Oh, yeah. But do you almost feel like it's almost gone to one side and the guys are now the ones that get shit on a lot? And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, like, Guys can be nice, be gentlemen and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but when they have issues or they have problems, it's just be a man, man yeah. up, do this. It's, it's, it's almost, almost like right almost now even, you have to treat women like you would treat your grandma. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But like, do you feel like men's like, not, I, I hate to say feelings, but like our well-being, our, our well-being really doesn't matter. It's like, you know what? Suck it up. You're a man. You need to do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's all kind of always been like that, you know? All right. We're, we're going to talk about that when we come back. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. All right. Let me stop this real oh, quick. Yeah. I, that might get us some heat, but I think... He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally? I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you? Well, you can. Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. Do you have something you want to say? Hey, what kind of preacher is you? Leave Tuttle a voicemail. Because you're kind of ignorant. Especially if you think he's being an asshole. No mega bitch. Will your hurtful comments offend Tuttle? No, baby. Call the show at 407-270-3044. No, baby. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I got Ciroc, my uh, yo, comatose yo, yo. Come with the mostest. Yo. Uh, tell people how they can check out the weekly review podcast because I oh. was actually on your show yesterday. yesterday. When is that? Is that available that's, or that's when gonna, it will be? be posted on Tuesday? This coming up now, Tuesday. Can I ask how how do you think I did? I think you did great. I think it was great to see like you and Sean because you know the first time like we had you on like obviously he didn't know exactly who you were but 
you know, now, you know, it's it's a comfort between you guys. And I, I kind of just wanted, actually, I don't know if you he noticed like it was smile, though. He was like smiling and having a good time. And yeah, like, I mean, like he, you guys have a lot in common, you know, that you guys really don't know about. And if you notice, I kind of just sat back and just kind of let you guys talk, talk to each other. Now, and now he kind of tried to get me with a gotcha question. Yes. Which question? Well, I, I don't want to ruin it for your show about, you know, the guy that you interned and I worked for. Oh, oh, about the whole lawsuit thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't talk about it. Like, you know, and that, me. Threw, that talk, threw me off guard. I didn't even know but, he knew about that. But, you know, like I, I talk and share about everything, but I, I just I, I can't for, for legal purposes. That's understandable. Yeah, I, but uh, so that'll be up on Tuesday. Tell people how they can uh, when that is available, where they can find that. So you can find it either on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Same thing. Uh, Spotify and YouTube. So with the audio versions, which is Spotify and, and uh, Apple Podcasts, just type in the weekly review or you can just type in my name, Sirak, which is very unique and a lot easier to find. That's S-E-R-A-K. Yes, I know, unfortunately, not like the liquor, but it tastes all the same. And on YouTube, just type in the weekly review or once again, type in my name and uh, that will be posted on Tuesday. So check it out. All right. So we, we talked about this before. Do you, do you think good men are underappreciated by women like uh, oh man that's a that's a tough question um ones that I, are polite the ones that are gentlemen's the ones that respect women because there are a lot of guys out there you know you know everybody says you know all oh, the women love the bad boys you know they they i don't think that's know, necessarily like, true yeah but i mean in some cases it is though i just think they like I think there's a lot of good men out there. And I think sometimes women just like something different. You know, I feel like, you know, it's them coming, going from a really nice guy, a gentleman, whatever you want to call it, and say they break up and they want something new, which is technically the bad boy. But that's kind of just portrayed on, in, in, you know, on TV and movies and stuff like that. I don't really don't think like it's that. But it does happen, though. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad boy. It's just a little bit badder than the previous guy. Okay. So, you, you know, kind of, kind of related to, my marriage and stuff mm -hmm. you know one of one of the things that she always wanted was like you know she saw what her sister had up north what did okay? her sister have i mean a very successful husband one that you know provided the one yeah, that, but that's just you know, what she that's I just what they projected doesn't mean that's I, what actually was going on okay but 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 what i'm trying to say though is that is are are we going too far in the other direction I'm not I'm not like going against the Me Too movement or any of that stuff. Yes, it, it's horrible of some of a lot of the sexual harassment that women go through. But right. I really feel like people just don't give a fuck about the stress that men in America have to deal with. No, because men in, in nature, you know, are stubborn and we really don't we really don't express our feelings much you know it, it's a, it's a toughness thing you know it's the it's all the testosterone built up you know it's you know you don't want to show any cracks in the arm or any type of weakness and for some reason you know or be vulnerable emotions sometimes can be seen as you know you being vulnerable oh, which is not a bad thing but um you know for, okay, for, but, but for me i mean i feel the same way like i i don't know i'm i'm dealing with stuff i just kind of keep it to myself Okay, but I do that, but you you do realize that that is a cause of a lot of issues that we're having. I mean, here, I'll give you an example. 
uh, look look at most of the mass shootings that are going on. Okay, mm-hmm. men, right? Right. I don't think it's ever been a woman. Yeah, I mean, and 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 for the most part, if you look at serial killers, I mean, they're usually white dudes, correct? Yeah. So 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 what I'm what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it's not good to just suck it up, and and take all of that stuff on your own because are we just going? too far to one side you know forever it's about women wanting equal rights and and i'm not i'm not bashing women please i hope people don't think that i'm doing that but like are are we really going that far now where we're like it really the the guy does not matter the men do not matter i think with men it's just it's i think it's too much of a stress of just life in general to where it's almost like they don't we don't even have time to like express emotions. Right. Because it's, it's a rat chase, you know, Here. you know, you got to be the breadwinner. You got to make the money. You got to, you know, be the security. You, you, it's so much more that you have to do to where you kind of have to, like. Separate the, you know, the emotional side from, you know, the side that, you know, what makes you a man, I guess, you know, like okay. you, you just don't have time to express yourself. OK, Here, I'll give you an example. OK, you know, I, I've talked about my dad's in the hospital right now. Mm-hmm. He he's he's very confused. I mean, he was much better today, but you, I can still tell he's not all the way there. But do you do you realize what it's like for your dad not to recognize you? No, not at all. I mean that. Yeah, shit. it's 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 pretty fucked up, Sirak. And I I I hope you never. Do you ever show like have to like pictures that. of you two together? No, it, it, it's it, it's just you know fifty first dates. No, I, it's just, but I mean, that's tough. And, and you know what I've done? Like a lot of people probably think I'm a sociopath or, or, or I'm heartless, but I've shown no emotion during this time because I, I got to be strong. I can't let my dad see should. myself that way. But maybe I don't, my mom, but my mom, my mom is, is a wreck. And, and I feel like it's my responsibility to be the strong one. Yeah, but I mean, there's certain times where it's just like, oh, you, trust could, you, me. Could, you could fake it as much as you want. But when they, I, when they know they trust me, they know how you feel. OK, but when I when I'm not around there, trust me, I get it out. I get it out. But I, I just don't do it in front of them. And and I, yeah, I, but, I, I, I think but, but that's expected. That is what people expect men to do. That's the point that I'm trying to make, though, Sirach. Yeah, but you have to that, mentally, you have to mentally get over that 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 hump. You know, and the sad part is just like like in your situation, a lot of times just to kind of plus I'm the only child too. like I don't have any siblings or anybody to lean on or at least help me carry some of the burden. This this is all on me. This this is all on me. It's tough, man. You know, I mean, I guess you got to be the the tough one. But, you know, in in another sense, like maybe that will help, man, if you show some emotion, you know, why they're around. You never, you've never tried it. You have no idea what's going to happen. You know, what harm could it do? You know, and a lot of times, just to give you an example, I feel like just men in general, like we don't really think about like our mental health or like you saying, or, or vent or anything like that till well, it's almost me, too man. late. It, it, tried, I'm saying I mean, like, until it's, until it's almost too late, right? Till you're in your sixties or seventies. I kind of noticed that with my dad a little bit. Now that he's older, he's like, been way more opening up and stuff like that but you know when i was younger as a kid i mean i wasn't as, as observant but it was always seen like more of a tougher you know no shit type of type of uh, uh attitude 
But so, we all do. But but to see a lot of people don't realize this, though, you know, a lot of people don't take into account how important the younger years of your life are. It sets yeah. you up. It, it, it makes you into who you are. OK, mm-hmm. now that that's the same thing. Listen, my dad was out working all the time, so I was kind of a mama's boy. We, we had no neighbors or anything like I, I had to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was usually with my mom. And, and, and my dad, like, I remember me and this kid on the baseball team were, were having uh, a disagreement Uh and his dad was a coach too on the team. You know what they did? His dad, my dad pulled down the tailgate, told us to handle business. Yeah. They handle business. Who won? You ain't got to lie. I got my ass beat. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Well, you listen, we're not all fighters, which I mean, I got, listen, listen. I I'm the type of guy I am not scared to fight. Okay, I'm not afraid to take an ass beat. I'm gonna at least get one good one in on you. Yeah, to but make you gotta you gotta you gotta switch that up. You gotta be the type of guy that is scared of losing. Right, that'll make you really good if you're scared of losing. Not again, your asshole, but scared of losing, then you'll never lose. Trust me. Especially if do you. Okay, do you want to know what I did in that fight though? Because my dad, the one thing my dad was actually proud of. Okay, kicked him in the nuts. No, my dad always told me there are no rules when it comes to fighting. Hell no. And I don't know why people think there are, but they're no, there are there are there are no rules. The kid, the the kid was had me by like 60 pounds. Okay, Mm -hmm. I was only like a buck 25, like five, nine, maybe five. I I was a I was a very awkward, gangly young teen. (laughs) Okay, and and he was on top of me and just pounded. You know what I did? I I almost bit his nipple off like I I could I just leaned up. And bit the first bit thing the that I could grab. Yeah. And guess what? He got off of me and I got a good kick to the head in. But um, I, would, I would tell you, I support that 100% because I've actually bitten somebody in like a tussle. I mean, so you you agree. But everybody at that, all the kids in my class, oh, you're a pussy. You got to cheat. And I'm like, that's not cheating. There's no, there's no rules in fighting. Like if you look, what? Am I just going to sit there and let that guy just pound the fuck out of me? I, no. I, I would say getting, I, I would say kicking someone in the nuts. I think that's just an unspoken, you know, no, oh, dude, unless I like, had, unless you're fighting like Shaquille O'Neal or something like you can't do that. The Asian people love punching in the balls. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We, we had a Laotian kid that we went to school with and we got into a disagreement and like, I wasn't paying attention and we had a disagreement. I thought it was done. Uh-huh. And he fucking hit me. It like, it punched me square in the balls. Oh my hand. goodness! You got to get revenge, but like, be prepared. Like, go buy a cup. Like, hey, it's payback time. <laughs> just that, that, I mean, I mean, I I agree with you. Like, yeah, I mean, but I always agreed. Like, there's when it comes to fighting, there's no rules. Like, you oh, you got to do no. whatever you got to do. Hell no! And like, I remember it used to be like a thing to where like, if you kick like not stomp somebody, but if you like kick someone, like it was considered like a a girl move. You know, like kicking. Kicking I see people do that all the time now, but I wouldn't do that because you could easily kill somebody that way. Like, oh yeah, are we you talking kick them in the face? They, I'm, no, I'm saying like stomping just kicking or in like general. field goal kicking, like field goal kicking or stomping. I'm talking like Bruce Lee, you know, roundhouse kick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, like I did that. I dude, I was in. Ta- you wouldn't believe I was a second degree black belt in taekwondo. What? Get out of here! I still have the fucking belt, dude. This so, obviously this was after the the biting situation. 
No, I was only a yellow belt at that time. So, uh, yeah. Listen, I, man, I, I, next week when I get my black belt, I'm whooping your ass. I swear to God. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, like every every kid wants to make their dad proud like right. every son right like you don't you you yeah, but fighting winning a fight doesn't necessarily i mean that wouldn't make me like proud it was just it, but, i mean but, i guess but, it depends on the circumstances but 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 what i'm trying to say though is that i was a very emotional kid growing up but i could not be that way around my dad when he wasn't working you know mm. and i'm not saying anything bad about my dad not at all like my fondest memories, my favorite memories of my whole entire life is my dad coaching my baseball team. Did, like, he, do that, did he do that a lot? Like, did you guys yeah, spend he did. like a lot of like a lot of time, like a lot of baseball time? See, see, that's good, man. I wish I, well, I, guess, I guess I did kind of have that, but that's what's tough, man. Like when, like you say, when you're blue collar, you know, your father, just like mine, like hey, when, they, when they work all the time, it, it, it kind of sucks. I, I think we got to wrap this up because I see other people. Uh, I think Vulture has a meeting scheduled. Oh, okay. So no, we got to no wrap problem. this up. All right. So we'll, we'll continue this. I thought this was a very interesting conversation. So, uh, Tarak, tell people once again how they can check out the weekly review. Of course. Uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Just type in the weekly review. If that is, I was going to say if that doesn't work, it would work. But easier is just type in my name, Sirak. It's S E R A K. Not like the liquor, but I promise you, I taste 10 times better. All right, Tarak, have a wonderful day. All right, buddy, take care. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, Visit stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Nerd radio personality, and hot talk satirizer. You're listening to the Tuttle Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. If it sounds like I'm speaking very, like I'm not projecting like I usually do, it's because I'm actually in the hospital right now. No, I'm not in the hospital. I'm, I'm visiting my, my, my dad. But uh, on the line with me right now is David. David, how do you pronounce it? Is it Bedford? It's Bedford, yeah. Okay. Now, David, before we get into the interview, tell people uh, a little bit about yourself and, and where people can find all of your content, like your book and stuff. Okay. Well, um, I'm from Liverpool in England. Home see, I'm, and, by the way, yeah. I'm a Manchester United fan, so I don't know. How well, much. that's it. I'm off. Forget it. <laughs> that's that oh you're talking serious stuff that is swear words i know it is <laughs> see, see, you're now, a brave man yeah now david see a lot of people all want to say that you know manchester city manchester is their main rival and i and i i don't believe that i i think liverpool manchester united are the two biggest rivals for each other 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And it's like within the city of Liverpool, there's two teams, Liverpool and Everton. Uh, you can tell the difference. Liverpool are in red and win things. Everton are in blue and don't. Oh, so so it's blue against red in both things, though. In both but... cities, exactly. Yeah. And we're only, what, just over 30 miles apart. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot of rivalry. Um, but really, Manchester City are the team in Manchester that have been winning a lot over the last few years. Manchester United did a while ago. Haven't won much recently. Um, yeah, but 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 I but I feel though like I I'm glad that they're giving Ole uh, Gunner a little a little leadway, you know, because they've been so quick to pull their managers. Oh, in yeah. my opinion, you you got to give say. I mean, they gave Klopp they gave Klopp a a, a lot of time, didn't they? I mean, he's oh, been yeah, there for a while. Absolutely. Yeah, we we knew how big a job it was going to be, and I think it's it's the right thing to do. Um. Now, the way I pronounce Ollie's uh, name is Ollie going to get sacked. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's what United do to, to managers. Now, let me ask you, though, even, and we'll get into the plugs, but I, I got to ask yeah. you this. Even, even though you know you, you being in Liverpool, I mean, is there a little bit of respect for Sir Alex Ferguson, though? Grudgingly little bit, yes. I mean... Out of, out of jealousy. Yeah, I mean, he was really, really good. So let's let's get into why you were calling, uh, David. Now, tell people about your book because, like, you are like a uh, Beatles aficionado. Yeah, I've I've sort of over the last twenty years, from nowhere, become one of the the world's leading authorities on the early history of the Beatles, um, mm-hmm. particularly the story in Liverpool, which wasn't really getting covered. Um, so I've done a number of books now. Um, I've also done a documentary feature film called Looking for Lennon, uh, which was nominated for a National Film Award over here. And it's been out on DVD and Blu-ray in the States for two or three years now. Um, you, know what's, you, you, you know what's funny? We have a little, see, because I'm in Central Florida and um, right. there's a little suburb of Orlando called Winter Park. And okay. Paul, Paul McCartney's daughter goes to Rollins College here. Okay. And every so often when you walk down Main Street to Winter Park, you'll look to the right. You'll be like, holy crap, that's Paul McCartney <laughs> eating ice cream in front of the shop on a bench. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's pretty mind-blowing. It is. I mean, it, even now, because I mean, he's a regular visitor to Liverpool, Um out of all the, uh, the four Beatles, he's the one who's kept his, his family ties here and he's kept a house here and he, he visits on a very, very regular basis. So that there's always a crowd out to, to see him when he's back. Um, so he, and I think it's one of those things, he's, he's so popular, but he's always going to be like, that Is he the most populous? Is, is he the... But, I mean... Do you feel like John Lennon is the most popular out of yeah, all of them? I, I think so. And I think one of the problems Paul has, in a way, is that he's still alive. Um, because the, really, for the Beatles, for the songwriting, it's Lennon McCartney. It's the two of them together. That, that teamwork is inseparable. And I, I get a feeling that it isn't until Paul goes that all the best stuff is going to be said about him about yeah. how you know what a great guy great musician great isn't songwriter 
isn't isn't that weird though like even even with painters and stuff yeah they don't they don't get their true like like accolades until after they're dead which i which i think is a little sad in my opinion yeah no i agree um and i i think he deserves a lot more respect um and one of the things i've I've tried to champion over the years is that the same for ringo no ringo's always seen as you know he was the clown he was the guy at the back Mm -hmm. and doesn't get enough respect and what uh, about george well I think George, thankfully, got a lot of respect over the years, um, particularly when he came out of the shadow of John and Paul. And you know, when they split up in 1970, George brings out a triple album, All Things Must Pass. They realize, they always, they always knew what a great guitarist he was. Mm. Well, he became, by the end of the Beatles' career, you know, the last album they recorded, Abbey Road, George's songs on there are as good as anything John and Paul had done. Now, let me let me ask you. So some of their music is pretty far out there, like, you know, yeah. kind of like any idea of like what type of substances were they doing acid, smoking weed, like any drugs back in the day? Because a lot of these songs sound like they were written or were they written completely clean? Oh, no, absolutely. Drugs did play, uh, play a part. Um, get a few mentions in the, the occasional song. Um, but yeah, de- definitely there's a time, and they were quite open with it. Um, I mean, McCartney got interviewed in the mid-60s and he was saying, yeah, we, we, we do take marijuana. And there was the big debate was going on back then. Uh, and then obviously that they talked about they were introduced to LSD. Um, for George, it was a life-changing thing, really on top of his creativity. John wasn't as fussed with it. Um, it wasn't really a Paul thing. Um, the John, then he did end up um, hooked on heroin. Oh, um, I did not know that. So, oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, it was really nasty. And when I was doing the, the, the documentary film, Looking for Lennon, what we were looking at was his childhood. And there, there was so much trauma in oh, his childhood. See. So what, 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 what kind of trauma? Because I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a survival or survivor of uh, childhood trauma. And I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, when you're a kid, yeah, those are, those are the most important years of your life. And absolutely. it sets you up, it sets you up for the future. It, it really, really yeah. does. Well, it's absolutely right. And, you know, you'll understand this then. So for, for John's trauma was, um, well, it, first of all, his dad was away during the war in the Merchant Navy. And of course, he was born at, at the beginning of the of Second World War. So John didn't really have a relationship with his dad. Um, his mum and dad then split up. His mum had um, a new boyfriend. They were living together in a one-bedroom flat, sharing one bed. Not appropriate. Social services then removed John from his mother at the age of five. Man, handed him over to his auntie and uncle to bring him up. He then, um, his uncle George becomes his father figure. His uncle George dropped dead suddenly when John was 14. John then gets close to his mother again. They become really, really close. She's a very important part of his musical career. Who gets knocked down by a car when John was 17. He then then gets close to another guy, Stuart Sutcliffe, who becomes the Beatles' first bass player. And they become as close as brothers, very, very close. 
and Stuart dropped dead of a brain hemorrhage at the age of 21 in Hamburg in 1962. All of those things happened before the Beatles became famous. Man, but do you do you believe like um you know I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, Anglophile you know for okay. my audience if they don't know what that means I I love the British culture yeah um I was um I'm a big fan of Doctor Who and I was watching one of the episodes the other day I don't know do you have, do you watch Doctor Who at all or have oh, you yeah, ever I remember that from childhood I've okay but. Well, they did an episode with uh, Vincent Van Gogh where they went back in time um, and and they brought him back to the future to be able to see what his paintings meant to him. Um, But one of the things that they talked about was suffering creates genius sometimes. There's there's two ways that it can go. Yeah. And and Van Gogh used a lot of his suffering and his mental illness and Mm. portrayed it in his paintings and and i almost kind of feel like after hearing what you said that's kind of in the case of john lennon absolutely one of the things i was keen to do um for the end of the film was to have john song help performed as john wrote it so if you watch the video on youtube of the beatles singing help john's there beaming face smiling away singing is that the you one that goes, help, I need somebody? That's the help. one. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you study those lyrics. John wrote that as a blues song. It, he was crying out for help because he said, I had all the money I wanted, all the fame, all the women, and he had no contentment. He had no no satisfaction in there. He couldn't. He said, I was almost numb. I was crying out for help. Help me if you can. I'm feeling down. And, because, and nobody nobody saw it they did they just saw no. it as a song and they they didn't exactly. they didn't read into it no and so by then all that childhood trauma had gone into the stage where he couldn't feel a thing and he tried so many different drugs self-medicating he was self-medicating he, yeah. he was self-medicating yeah and the only time he then confronted it was 1970 when he, he underwent a primal therapy with dr janov over in um, la and this mm-hmm. is a, the, like the, the primal scream therapy where you, you scream it out of you. And the trauma went back to having to, to try and choose between his mum and dad when he was five um, and ending up with neither of them. That yeah. brought an album uh, called uh, John Lennon Plastic Ono Band. Mm-hmm. And it's a painful album, but there's some amazing songs on there. All right. So you were, you were, you were talking about women. Uh, I, I I can't do a, a Beatles interview without asking about Yoko Ono. So, yes. um, is is she portrayed the way people think? Like, is she responsible for the breakup of the Beatles? Did she like try to pry into it too much? Like, I would love to hear your opinion on it. Well, funnily enough, it was because of Yoko that I I wrote the my first article about the Beatles. Um, and it's back in the summer of 2000, so nearly 21 years ago. Uh, I've got three daughters, um, all born in the same hospital as John Lennon. Um, I've, my wife and I, we, we've lived here off just off Penny Lane for the last 30 odd years. Hey, well, uh, you wait, you I'm sorry, I'm I, I have ADHD, so you bring out Penny Lane. Now, that's where they have the uh, that famous cover of them walking across the uh, crosswalk, or no, that's, that's Abbey Road. That's um, Abbey Road. Now, how yeah. many people, how many people get hit 
on a yearly basis <laughs> trying oh, to recreate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because all the tourists, they, they, I, I know they got to go there and try to take pictures. Oh yeah, well, a good friend of mine, Richard Porter, um, is a tour guide down in London, um, and his tour always goes, of course, to Abbey Road. And he said, you know, there's been so many near misses. In fact, years ago, when I went down to London, uh, when my girls were, were young, and we were trying to recreate it on on the crosswalk there. Um, one because you and your three patient. daughters. I mean, yeah. it works out perfectly. You, it's four people, Absolutely. you and your three daughters. Yeah, exactly. So my wife's there taking the picture. Me and my three daughters on the crossing, and this driver decided um, she was didn't have the time to wait for that, and nearly knocked my daughter over because mm. she, she drove past it. So it, it is very dangerous down there. Yeah, you guys don't have guns over there. That that would have been a clean <laughs> that that would have been a clean shoot in Florida. Like you know, like straight up like if they would have tried to hit one of my daughters or or yeah. or accidentally yeah oh yeah i'm 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 firing off a few rounds Absolutely. but I'm, yeah exactly but um so back to yoko ono back so, to yoko, yeah. yeah yeah so the story so um yeah i've, I've lived uh near penny lane for the 30 years um and our three daughters were born in the same hospital john lennon was born in and their local uh primary school which is elementary school over there um was dovedale which is the the primary school that John Lennon and George Harrison both attended. So the girls are there, and my wife and I were involved in parents' associations and stuff. Um, and we were doing some renovation for the playground, trying to raise some money. Now, knowing that both John Lennon and George Harrison attended, as well as some of the uh, famous people in Britain, uh, we did some fundraising. And the person who responded to our request was Yoko. And she said, how much money do you need? And we needed something like £27,000. And she said, I want to give you £30,000. Pay for everything you want to do. John loved his time at Dovedale. And so she gave us the money. And she's made four or five trips over. Been to the school, met the children a number of times. I met her um, because I'm the the chair of the Board of Governors at Dovedale School still. Um, Been like that for 15 years. Um, I met her in John's childhood home, Mendips. She was doing an exhibition or something and all the other camera crews and stuff were there. But she always invites the children from the school. So I, I led a group up there um, and met her inside John's childhood home of Mendips. And I've got to say, she was absolutely lovely with the children. Wow. Um, she's been very, very generous to the school, very generous to Liverpool. Isn't that is it isn't isn't that crazy how you know just how people's public image you know yeah. like like people people make and uh, judgments on people and stuff yeah and not really really knowing that type of stuff and that's why I wrote my first so my the first article I ever wrote about the Beatles was about Yoko giving the money to Dodell School because I thought Beatles fans at least need to know the story. Um, now, did she break the Beatles off? Well, I, that was happening anyway. How did they it, meet? It how, did, how did they meet? Um, well, how did they meet? Originally, uh, John yeah. had a, a group called the Quarry Men. And then 6th of July, 1957, um, one of interesting stories. So John had a childhood friend called Ivan Vaughan. He ends up at the same school as Paul McCartney. They become friends. Ivan brings Paul to meet John. So if it hadn't been for Ivan Vaughan, there would be no Beatles. So wow. this guy brings the two together. 
introduces them. And so John and Paul are in a group together. Paul then brings George into the group. So this is by the end of 1957, John, Paul and George are together. Now, how they get through to adding Ringo is not a straightforward one. Um, and two of my books have, have covered that story. There are so many people involved, so many musicians um, in the story. Ringo comes into it quite late on. Um, when they became the Beatles as a rock and roll band, which was 1960, they went to Hamburg in the August. Um, and for the next two years, their drummer was Pete Best. 61, Paul mm. McGuire takes over on bass. So there are four piece, John Paul, George and Pete. They get the record deal in the summer of 62 and then very, very suddenly, Pete's out of the group and Ringo's in just before they, they release their first record. Now, can, can, what, what was it about when the Beatles first came to America? What, what was it? Like, mm. can you put your finger on it? Like, why did everybody lose their <laughs> goddamn minds? Like, the, the girls and stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, what, what was it? I must um, over the years, because I, I made a number of trips to the States, normally uh, in pre COVID times. Um, I, I'm a guest speaker at a Beatles convention, one in New Jersey, one in Chicago, the fest for Beatles fans. So I've, I've made a number of friends over in the States over the last 10 years or so. And I asked them all the same question. And one of my best friends lives in Dallas. So, of course, he was there. It's the accent. Uh, it's got to be the accent. It's got to be the accent. Like, I mean, the 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 American women, they, they get tired of, you know, the uh, hick southern accent down yeah. here in the states and they're like oh man <laughs> this this british guy sounds fancy you know yeah. so you know i i think that's what it is it's got to be the accent it I, I think that was a big part of it there's also the, the the big stars like elvis um had his early hits and then he was off in the army and things were different for him you know chuck berry who really was the, the heart and soul of rock and roll had already been in prison at one point uh, and I was again. The, the American music scene was changing. Then Kennedy's assassinated in November '63, and the country really hits a down. And just at the right time, musically and I think just physically, coming in from from Britain, are these four lunatic lads with slightly long hair. They talk funny like I do, and they laugh and joke in interviews. And I've got this music which in a way wasn't that brand new because it, it was it was american rock and roll which is what they grew up on but they updated it changed it got this mersey sound and then brought that back over i think that the timing was just right i think i think america was ready for something new musically and something coming in from britain uh that was that was fresh it was new and that got these four characters who were really funny were great in interviews and had this amazing music and the, the time it was just one of those you know perfect storm it was just right now david before i let you go i gotta i gotta ask you this what is your favorite all-time beatles song in your opinion oh all-time favorite i get asked that a lot it's the same as trying to choose my all-time favorite album um which is never easy to do it probably comes down to In My Life, I think, if you're going for an all-time favourite Beatles song. Um, 
And that's because of studying the, the background of it, because John Lennon, his first lyrics were all written around the area where I live, uh, like Penny Lane and all these places, and he couldn't make it work, and he scrapped it and started again. Um, so I love it for the original lyrics, but it is just, I think, musical perfection. Uh, it really is a great, great song. Now, David, before I let you go, tell people once again uh, how they can check out any of your content, where they can find your uh, doctor, your movies or your books or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, the new book I've, I've just published, it, um, which is going on very well on uh, your side of the pond. It's called The Country of Liverpool, um, because Liverpool had the biggest country western scene really? in, in, in Britain oh. and possibly in Europe. This is in the 50s and the 60s. Um, and we were known as the natural of the north within within the UK. And those country roots are in the Beatles story as well. So I've, I've just brought this book out called The Country of Liverpool. And so you can find that there's a website which is just called thecountryofliverpool.com. You can find out all about that book. If you want to find about everything I do, all my projects, then I've got a, a website which is called Liddy Pool. Liddy Pool is the title of my first book. Um, L-I-D-D-Y-P-O-O-L so liddypool.com you can see where I, I blog all the books that I've done about the documentary film all the information liddypool.com you'll find me there alright David hey I really appreciated uh, this opportunity to speak with you and I, I would like to have you on again uh, to, talk, to talk some country music because oh, you know, I, I, I grew up in the south and I, I would like to Oh, kind yeah. of, I would like to dis- discuss country music with I'm, I'm you for that. And, and kind of compare, you know, the differences. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. All right, David. I really appreciated it, man. I hope you have a wonderful day. How are you doing? I hope uh, everything's okay that you're into the hospital as well. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Lamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?